I'm Viv and I'm the face behind Skin Farm Aesthetics in Stockton on Tees. And tonight I'm very proud and privileged to be able to speak to two aesthetic specialists from the Netherlands. And hopefully they won't be too long in joining me. Um, so I've got Tom van Eyck, who's a world-class specialist in injectables. And also Dr. Leonie Schalke, who specialises in ultrasound, so she deals with aesthetic issues and the use of ultrasound in assessment, diagnosis and treatment of aesthetic problems. They'll hopefully be not too long, so I'll see where they are, will be a second. I'll just... Yo! Ah, hello, you're both together, you shocked me there. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking up the whole screen. Oh, don't... I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to judge the two of you. You both look good. So whichever one wants to take the screen up most, it's fine with me. Nice to uh, nice to see you both. Anyway, you're um, you're very close together, aren't you? You could be much closer if you <laughs> But um, no, really, really interesting to be able to speak to you both over the last few days. We had a bit of a a bit of a laugh because of mine and Tom's work um, without using ultrasound. So we'll we'll stay away from that for now, anyway. But um, no, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> If you want to ask those questions, um, Leone, you, you, you're more than welcome, but I don't know if I'll be able to answer many of them, so it's totally up to you. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining me. I, as I was mentioning, I spoke to Tom uh, before Christmas, and I think you'd had COVID towards the end of last year, Tom, and you were recovering, um, I think at about in about November, December time, you were recovering from COVID, weren't you? Yes, well... It's such a popular disease, I needed to be part of it, right? <laughs> no, you're, 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 a, you're a pioneer in, um, in things like that, so I think, I think it's quite, it yeah. suits you well. <laughs> it suits you well. So thanks for joining me. I thought I'd have a good chat with both of you about the work that you do, about the types of services that you provide, the research, the training aspects of your work, and also what you're looking forward to in the future, both of you. Um, so I don't think, I don't know if most people realise, but both of you are based in Amsterdam, and you're both next to each other right now, which I was quite surprised by. And um, you also knew each other um, prior to um, this, prior to working in aesthetics, or perhaps from the start of aesthetics. So I'll go into that with you as we go along anyway. So I've got a few questions. I'll start off with your background. I'll run through this a bit like a story. So I'll start from the beginning and I'll progress from there. So how would you describe the types of work that you both do, Tom and uh, Leone? <laughs> you seem shocked. You seem shocked like you, can't, you don't know what to say about your own work. Like if say, somebody was, was watching, somebody's watching now, and they don't realise that you're both aesthetic specialists, how would you describe to them the sorts of work that you do, the different areas of work that you do? Well, Lenny is the one that taught me how to inject. Right. Okay. Oh, <laughs> very long time ago. Was it? it was 18 years ago when she was 12. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I can believe in Leone. I can actually believe in when he says that. Yes, I was 12. <laughs> no, so um, I think I was doing, I was aesthetic, I was doing this work a years, couple of years before you, right? Yeah, yeah you were doing it a couple of years yeah. before me. I was uh, an assistant doctor doing plastic surgery. Yes. And actually, the clinic you work for yeah. wanted me to be one of their doctors. Yeah. And, uh, until until we really got to know him, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that in a far away city? Yeah, I forgot that completely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. there was like I don't, I don't, you had a side clinic. Yeah, we had a side clinic. You didn't care clinic. about that, so yeah, you put it there. Yeah, we've done that condo over there. Yeah. And, but actually, I 
taught him the in the beginning there was no education right we're yeah. talking about more than 20 years ago mm. I, i didn't even know yeah, when about, i eight years 2004 three seriously yes. when i started doing injections i yes. this sounds silly but i didn't even realize there was anatomy really in the, i mean i never realized all the things that we know now yeah, Vest, yeah. So we did this whole basic thing. There was no hyaluronic acid yet. Yeah. I remember Hylaform came in as one yeah. of the first HA fillers. Right. And, and we were just doing something. There was no educational platform. Nobody could teach you what to do. And then yeah. I don't know even how, I think you met my colleague first, right? Leo. Yes. Yes. I, yeah. So I just thought him, I, I showed him what I was doing all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're really Tom's first teacher in, in, in reality. In reality. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this is the source. But I don't think it was very impressive. Um, I do think that he was enthusiastic enough. I think so, you were enthusiastic enough because he kept doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but he went, of course, his own way. That's who Tom is. Yeah. And I remember that we spoke on regular base and then I met you at the streets, remember? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at the corner of the street. We met in front of the, the clinic. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I remember the conversation because I was sitting on my bike and. Um, yeah, I and I was standing. Yeah, we all have bikes. Yeah. <laughs> so I had this outside, and I kind of described um, the the new way I try to get rid of a marionette fall. And mm -hmm. then she said, "Well, Tom, that's a new technique you found there." <laughs> and um, that was the the moment I realized, oh, yeah, maybe I should present yeah. it. Yes, exactly. Yes. And now I, I owe her fifty percent of what uh, <laughs> has he has he has he paid you anything yet, Leonie? No. Nothing. <laughs> Typical male. I'm I'm not saying anything. I'm completely neutral in this conversation. So <laughs> I try and stay neutral anyway. So so you both become friends. You both become colleagues. And um, what do you both enjoy about your work? You both do a wide range of aesthetic work in the Netherlands. You both are really famous. Well, Tom, I think probably become famous over the previous number of years. I think because of you, because of your help with him more than anything. And you. <laughs> And you've, you've got your own um, uh, professional skills in ultrasound, which is what I really wanted to speak to you about. But in, in the, all the work that you do, the training, the treating of patients, the research, all of the wide range of work that you do in aesthetics, what do you really enjoy about your work? What, what really drives you to do your work every day? You? I have no idea. <laughs> Honestly, I I started off in uh, I don't know in tropical disease management. Is that something that you still have? So I used to work in, yes, in yeah, Africa, yeah. in South Africa, and I and I like that because I like traveling. Yeah. And then I came back and I wanted to do uh, dermatology because of all the Burkitt lymphomas that I saw in Africa. And I did research for hair transplantation, and then I got into this hair transplantation and in this area. And actually, I felt guilty a lot of years because I was supposed to do, you know, very important Ethical human. Stuff. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I just like this work so much. So I like the people. I like what we're trying to do. I like the fact that people like to stay have a healthy fresh yeah. look but yeah. honestly i just like my work yeah uh it's simple i just were talking to another colleague because i think most dutch colleagues we we, we have a lot of uh, with fred fred chan mm -hmm. yeah and he said we have a very clear defined thing that we do it's yeah. it's a little bit handy you use your hands you use your conversation 
It's yeah. a very, it's a long project. It's it's an ongoing, it's a long base that you have with people, you know each other for a long time. I know some people already for 20 years. Yeah. And um, it's skills. It's I just like my work. But <laughs> really, ask me why, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Do you treat each other? Do you treat Tom? Does Tom treat you in any way aesthetically, Leonie? No. 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 We don't trust each other. No. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, you, you do work around the Netherlands. I think you're both based in Amsterdam, but do you also work in uh, Rotterdam, Leonie? Do you go yeah. to Rotterdam as well? So I just told you that when I started working, there was no hyaluronic acid filler yet. Yeah. But we had permanent fillers. We had all kinds of fillers you don't want to talk about anymore. And yeah. uh, you also had polyacryl imida, a permanent hydrogel. Yeah. And I actually taught Tom how to use it. Right. Okay. Yes. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we did see complications after years because it turned out that the water-based permanent hydrophilic filler dehydrates over time. We did a lot of uh, research and we did follow up on, on a histology and it dehydrates and by that it, it degenerates and it comes a different kind of molecule and you get inflammatory responses. Yeah. So I treated those patients and I was looking at them and um, I thought, gee, what are we going to do now? So I went to my former head of department, dermatology in Rotterdam, and I said, um, I don't know what to do with these people. It's a private, we're in a private clinic. I don't want to have them paid. So we have in the Netherlands, all complications are, are reimbursed. Yeah. So I start this polyclinic and I was there once every six weeks. Yeah. to see those patients and to see if I could do something for them. And now, 10 years, 12 years later, we have six colleagues, two and a half day of polyclinic, three months waiting list. Wow. So, yeah, I've run into a colleague and he said, listen, or you Dutch physicians are lousy injectors, <laughs> or we and friends don't know where our complications are. Yeah, you, you you do great work because compared to other countries around the world, at least you have the ability for patients to be um, transferred to you. You can take care of them because of your knowledge and your skill in the Netherlands. And I think because of that, a lot of practitioners around the world are now finding your ability to work with ultrasound quite amazing. I think it's going to grow. You've been doing work with ultrasound for several years now, I think. And and other practitioners are only just finding out about the benefits of using ultrasound in their own practice. So I think, I think that's, uh, for you to also know Tom, is, is quite amazing that you've both been able to progress and speak to each other about your individual work. Um, how, do you, how does Tom get on with, with colleagues around the Netherlands or around the, the places he works? How do you do, Tom, in terms of speaking to other practitioners? No, there are very few, very few I talk to. <laughs> I'm working the whole time. That's what happens. And then, yeah. Uh, how many times have you been here? This, this is, is my clinic. First right? time. First time. Is it? <laughs> I met him usually. I met him on the street. Yeah. <laughs> we we live in the same neighborhood. So when he's buying French fries, yeah, yeah, I bump into him. I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you a question later on about the food in Amsterdam. Yes. So I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this question later on. But do you have any funny stories about your work? Anything that you, you can remember recently or in the past, um, either together or separately? Any funny stories that you'd like to tell? A lot of funny stories, but I cannot tell. <laughs> <laughs> No, that any, would be any, any that are okay to any that are partially okay to tell anyone anything that you think might be funny. I can stop you if it goes too far. Well, those those, those are the small things. Like for instance, I had uh, a famous woman in my chair, and the week after, I had the woman that was the actress that played her ah. in that same chair. 
Okay. And it's something you cannot, you cannot tell anyone. But it's so, it's my assistant and I were just looking at This is so weird. <laughs> if they knew from each other, yeah, yeah, they would be in a position. That, that that's so weird. Um, yeah, stuff like that. But you cannot. Of course, you you you're everybody's secret. Yeah. And, um, that's changing a little bit, I think. It's changing. It's changing. It's changing. Yeah, when yeah. we started doing this, it was definitely uh, a secret. But people, people were ashamed. I think in the yeah. Netherlands, we're a little bit behind a lot of other countries. Yeah. Uh, but now, I think the 30, 40 years old, it's just they share knowledge. Where, who's your hairdresser? Who does your Botox? Who wear your shoes from? So I don't think it's that special anymore. I met a girl yesterday that yeah. with a guy she hooked up with. And we talked about my business and about Botox. And uh, she said, uh, oh, I don't have anything. Then the, tie, the guy turned away to get a beer. And she said, could you fry? Um, and she could. And she said, well, I have my, my, my migraine. That's yeah. <laughs> fine. That, but even that is changing. Because now I get the husbands from the woman I treat or vice versa yeah. and I don't think you have that but um, I think that we also have much more younger male coming in yeah. compared to years ago so years ago we had like males in the 40s and now yeah. we have males um, mid 20 and 20 so um, no, I don't think, but I think that in the Netherlands we were very conservative in the beginning yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I remember I remember that you had these Museum nights, long yeah. time ago, I was invited to tell something about my work, and right. there were tomatoes at me. Oh, really? In museum night. Museum night? Yes, they were, because it was really embarrassing. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't think anyone's going to do that these days, Leonie. I don't think you'll have that problem now. Wow. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Did because people were so, yeah. Tom, <laughs> Tom was telling me that one of his hobbies is sculpting, and his logo for his um, for his clinic is um, a sculpture that he created himself. I think. Do you, do you have any hobbies like that? Any artistic hobbies or anything that you enjoy doing yourself, Leonie? No. When I was a child, I used to draw a lot, but now I have a dog, and all oh, my people actually have dogs, so we walk. Especially right. during Corona, so we walk, we have dogs, and uh, so life is a little bit more boring than it was a couple of years ago, I think. <laughs> and actually, I work, honestly. Yeah. I work. Yeah. That's no problem. I think, I think everyone can realize just how busy you both are, I think, every day, anyway. Um, so, I'll get on to the treatments and the services you provide, and about the different types of work that you both do. Um, do you have... A favorite treatment or service that you both provide, either to patients or to practitioners, you know, in training. What would you say is a favorite aspect of both of your work? Um, I like to go with my ultrasound to places where you normally don't go because they're too dangerous. So um, if you look at the deep fat compartments, um, they shrink. Yeah. And because of that, all your lip elevators will go down. Um, and if you inject more or less there, where you have a lot of arteries and veins and vessels, so we don't go there. But if yeah. you, can I pinch you? Yeah, sure. So if you inject here at the mid phase, yeah. uh, elevate all these areas and you get a good treatment of your V-deformity and it stays yeah. stable because it's, we just had a, an article published with Sebastian yeah. Cotofana about the moment. So it stays stable. It yeah. doesn't go anywhere. It's still in the same position if you follow up with ultrasound after yeah. 18 months. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't move. So you keep your natural shape. So I yeah. like to go there where you normally wouldn't go. Yeah. And that is uh, treat the medial fat compartment, the lateral side, the, the soup. So that's... um. My special yes. treatment, I think. Mm -hmm. I was actually reading, reading your paper that you wrote that you mentioned in your Instagram about the deep fat compartments and the superficial fat compartments. 
the the effect of that the research you did using ultrasound and the effect of that on injecting dermal filler at a certain depth in the mid face i think i was having a good read of that so thanks for mentioning that i think people if anyone's hasn't read it have a good read of leone's paper looking at uh, deep and superficial fat compartments and injecting um, my last post, my last post was about that um I think, yeah I think I saw, I, I saw some information about you posting to do with that research paper that you wrote with your other collaborators, so thanks for that. And um, Tom, you, you do a whole range of different treatments and training. What, what, what would you say is a favourite part of your work, either for patients or for practitioners? Do you prefer training or do you prefer the treatment aspects of treating patients? What would you say about that? Well, one, one doesn't exist without the other. I mean, you need yeah. to be yeah. with your patients in order to know what you're yeah. talking about uh, during, uh, during those sessions. Um, and, and, and doing a workshop, doing a masterclass can be really spectacular because yeah. you actually you change the way people inject in just one day. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's amazing to be to be a part of that, to see the transformation of an injector. And yeah. the surprise, you teach them a little trick. Yeah. And then they say, oh, but I don't find the wrinkle anymore. It seems to be gone. <laughs> it's, uh, that's why you're here, right? Um, and that's, I mean, I, I'm having fun with those, with those uh, people. And I, I think they have a good time and they, they, they get a lot of, uh, um, well, they get a new tool, so they get a lot out, out of it. Yeah. 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 Having a happy to seven or ten people at the end of the day is, is, is quite amazing. And yeah. it's something that you can learn in a day, right? That's the nice yeah. thing about your. So, start using ultrasound is more of a benefit, of more, yeah. more of experience, more of a steep learning curve. Yeah. So, I yeah. think. Um, that you, what you teach them is something that you can do in one day. Yeah, you can make the yeah. switch. And of course, some people come for a second day, but they get exactly the same yeah. story. But I'm, it, it works, yeah. works through in your mind. And, yeah. and of course, you can switch to higher levels and more difficult areas and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, so some people come twice, but the, the course yeah. is the same. The logic is the same and the switch is... is uh, it's, it's doable to do it yeah. one day. I was, I was due to come to see you last summer. I was due to come for training with you. You might be doing a masterclass with Tom. Uh, unfortunately, COVID stopped me and a number of other practitioners from the UK coming over to see Tom last year. So I'll, I'll ask you some more questions about training and perhaps the two of you working together to provide training. That was something I'll ask you about in a bit. Um, but do you speak to each other about maybe individual patient complications? Do you ever con contact each other or is there ever a need for doing that? We never have any complication, do we? No, we never had any complication in our whole life, so we don't talk about it. <laughs> I'll believe you, I believe you, don't worry. Nobody, other people might think differently, but I believe you completely. Um, when I spoke to Tom a few months ago, I messaged him on Instagram and I asked him about you, Leone, because I'd come across your name earlier in the year because of Gillian at CMAC, based in the UK. And she mentioned about her interest in ultrasound and complications assessment and treatment. And your name came up multiple times. And I thought... Um, Gillian told me that you're based in the Netherlands. So I, I spoke to Tom and sent Tom a message and I asked him, do you know this Leone and she's based in Amsterdam? And he didn't reply for a day. And a day later, he sent me a message and he sent me a picture of you using an ultrasound scanner on his face in Amsterdam. So I was quite shocked. And uh, he said, it's a small world. I know, Leon, we, we've been, we've spoken to each other for a long time. And he, I think he was carrying out some work on his, on his forehead or you were assessing his face. He has this Julia Robert thing. Right. Yeah. Yes. On his forehead. And uh, we were admiring 
He's one of the biggest veins, actually, I've ever seen. No, it's an artery, not no, that I, I vein. I am vein. But you can see these big dilated veins on somebody's head. Yeah. But in his case, it's an artery. <laughs> it's it's not true. We have to I think you mentioned something in the post, Tom, in, when you had Leonie scan you. You mentioned somebody else's name. Was that because somebody else was involved in an injury or something happened years ago? When you mentioned, when you have a certain line appear on your forehead, you know where it's going to be. Yes, you mentioned somebody who... Um... <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I just um, thought it was somebody... Now, the thing is that normally Tom's treatments are very superficial. Yes, yeah. I'm a shallow person. He, yeah. So the treatment you do fits your personality. Yeah. But um, <laughs> so, he does, so he doesn't run into a lot of complications. Uh, yeah. That's the nice thing about if you, if you go to his, if you teach, what, if you do what he's doing. So yeah. it's so superficial. And it's actually more, if I think I'm correct, it's more a mechanical um, way to stop the wrinkle. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so he's very superficial, and there's not much to do and much to see, so superficial. But yeah. his artery actually runs very superficial, uh, but you can see it luckily. But if it wasn't that big, yeah. uh, in his case, you would hit it actually, because it's, it goes from the subcutaneous layer, but it touches the superficial layer a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but you were wondering about that it was something else, remember? You were the, thing, the thing was, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you take your nail, and you can try that yourself, you take your nail and you rub it over your forehead, yeah. you yeah. feel a dent. Yeah. At least I feel a dent. Yes. Yeah. And I wanted to know whether this was uh, in the skull because of that yeah. vein right. or, or in the dermis. Yeah. Yeah. And we found out that the vessel leaves um, yeah. like a cavity in the dermis. Yeah. So the, yeah, really. if, if you frown, the skin will fold at the weakest points. Yeah. And it's the vessel underneath that determines where the weakest point is. Right, yeah. yeah. So I wanted to know, is that, is that dermis or is, that, is it actually the skull? But it is dermis. Dermis gives way to the vessel. Yeah. I, I use the fern pattern technique myself. I love using the technique on areas uh, mid face, lower face, nose to mouth line area. Very few problems, a little bit of redness, but no risk of occlusion. As long as you stick superficial, no risk of occlusion. And um, you do a lot of work around the forehead using your um, fern pattern technique, Tom. I think were you training individuals yesterday in Amsterdam where you were doing training, carrying out yep. work on the forehead. Um, yeah. there, was a few there was a few Instagram stories I think you posted showing um, the fact that this isn't a no-go zone for your technique, whereas with normal dermal filler, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to be a little bit controversial by saying it's a no-no-go zone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing. Um, there was one question I had, Leonie, from Gillian, actually, Gillian Asima. Um, she was asking about use of ultrasound to, um, to detect intra-arterial filler. So suppose somebody had an occlusion, a vascular occlusion with dermal filler, and it was high hyaluronic acid base or reversible. Um, does hyaluronidase, the enzyme that dissolves hyaluronic acid, can it penetrate through the arterial wall? So it's not needed to be injected directly into the artery. She was, she was wondering about the use of ultrasound to detect movement of hyaluronic acid, uh, hyaluronidase through the arterial wall to actually dissolve filler. Is it possible to do that? Does it make a big difference injecting outside of the artery compared to inside an artery where an occlusion might be? Is there a big difference? To be honest, I think that, I don't want to be rude, but I think that in our area of medicine, we do not have a lot of evidence about what yeah. all we do. Yeah. 
And um, so there are some papers saying A, there's some papers saying B. So there are some papers that said that um, hyaluronic days could penetrate the vessel wall. Yeah. And then it turned out that those were cadaver vessels and they are more, um, well, you know the story, more permeable. Yeah. So we still don't know. Yeah. And uh, we see two to four vascular occlusions every month. We did now more than 90 ultrasound guided. Um, we know that it works and we still don't know what we're doing. So you do see people don't want to have a biopsy. They have an occlusion. They don't want to do a biopsy. They want to get rid of their occlusion. Wow. So we do see where the problem is. We do see where the, 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 the vascular course is abnormal. Yeah. We also see HA. So we remove the HA. And if people come after three days of delay, yeah. then you do see that another area is involved. So we think it's spasm, right? Uh, they yeah. have this theory of Ian Taylor, and uh, he describes spasm also in flap reconstructions. Um, the spasm is protective for the surrounding tissue. Yeah. So it sacrifices itself, that small surrounding. So it protects the remaining head from toxin or whatever yeah. so HA is supposed to cause a spasm but is it causing a spasm because it's outside the vessel it's touching the vessel it's in the vessel we still don't know what we do see is after three days that you have it's been traced to another yeah. area yeah yeah but what i remove honestly we still don't know are we removing ha that looks a bit different because it's in the artery yeah. Or do we remove thrombosis somehow? Yeah. If you look into literature, the first spasm was described in the First World War. The bullets going through your legs were causing spasm. Right. And you were losing your leg. Yeah. So if you go through whole medicine, everybody, every medical specialty has problems with spasm. Yeah. You have your bleeding, your cerebral bleeding causing spasm. You have um, variant angina causing spasm. All microsurgeons have problems, actually a large percentage of asthma. And there's no solution for spasm. Yeah. However, so if you, go, if you go to literature, you see that they are trying all kinds of medicine, all kinds of whatever. Uh, nothing really works. And there are also some publications that describe hyaluronic days to release your spasm. Yeah, yeah. So the next question is, are we dissolving HA or are we releasing spasm? Um, the cases that we had calcium hydroxyapatite occlusions, uh, there's much more inflammation what you see on the ultrasound. Um, we did experimental STS because we had some very nasty vascular occlusions where the tongue was also involved. Uh, but we also used hyaluronic days and it worked. We had everything cleared out, no any uh, other things left. So we still don't know. Uh, we are in the academic hospital. We are lacking time. We're lacking money. So we do research, but it's still um, consuming yeah. time. So I yeah. still don't know, is it thrombolysis that we do? Is it releasing the HA? I have no clue, yeah. but it works. That's fine. No, it's just, I thought I'd ask you, just purely because it was a question yeah. somebody else had asked yeah. about that. So thanks for that. Um, I suppose over time, progress will be made. There'll be more research carried out looking at the different aspects of occlusion and, and um, problems that, could, that can occur during an occlusion. So I suppose over time, more and more will be learned about that area of, of, of complication. Um, I'll go on to research and training with you both, because you're both involved in lots of training, lots of different research work that you've done in the past. Um, what types of aesthetic training do you now both provide, uh, Tom and Leone? I, I, I've got a good idea, but not everyone who's watching will know exactly what sort of training you both provide. So can you just say what you're currently providing to the practitioners? I provide one training only, that's, that's my masterclass, uh, in which I teach people to do the fern pattern technique and the liptentic technique. Yeah. And um, I think you were doing the lip tenting technique already before the whole Russian lip and whatever. The Russian lip was mine. Oh, it was his. I didn't know that. But he was <laughs> doing 
no, no, I, 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 I brought yeah, the lip tinting technique yes, to Russia exactly. in 2010. And, and then they start calling the Russian lips because yes. you were doing it already a long time. I was, yeah. I was doing it. I was doing it. I was doing it. You should have called it the Dutch technique, the Dutch lip technique. Yes. Well, that's why I called the Amsterdam block the Amsterdam block to at least yeah. keep it. Um, and, and the Russian technique is, is of course, infamous um, because it's so an exaggerated form of the lip tenting technique. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and it's with you know, well, there's no limits to how how much people yeah. seem to be injecting for that. Yeah. And it's about a dramatic uh, projection you can obtain, but you can do it more subtle. Uh, yeah. The way I do it, um, but actually, yeah, I brought this to Moscow, St. Petersburg, and Vladivostok, all the way down there, Siberia, wherever. Uh, I think most the... most people don't realize that that you actually created that lip tenting technique many years ago. Almost, what was it, two thousand and twelve, two thousand and ten? You you developed that technique quite some no, years ago. Two thousand five. Yeah, much yeah, earlier. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, like the patterns for 2003 or four. Yeah. My first Canadian tour was 2005. Um, or Sweden. So that's that's a long time. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, did, you were in uh, you were in Manchester just recently, weren't you, Tom? In the UK, you were you flew over to Manchester, carrying out training in the UK. How how was that for you? Well, because of the COVID regulations, that was pretty weird. Um, the thing is, if you come into the UK and you fly back to the Netherlands, you have to be in quarantine in the Netherlands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, I don't have time to do that. So yeah. the only thing I could do is to stay in the UK for less than 12 hours. Oh, right. Then yeah. you don't have to do that. Yeah. So I flew in, my wow. fly, flight was 5 past 10 Amsterdam time. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> flew in, got into my Uber, uh, got into the classroom, everybody was sitting in line, plugged my computer, did my talk, skipped lunch, did <laughs> papers. <laughs> Quarter to four, there was my Uber back and I had the, the plane back at half past five. God, that, so, that must have been a hard day for you. That must have been a very hard day. It was, it was weird, more than more than hard. And the funny thing is, my Uber driver said, "Oh, you'll be back for tea." <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually what it was. I was I was home for supper, uh, <laughs> like like normal commuter, uh, back and forth to Manchester. You, you did uh, well. Yeah. yeah, the thing is, everything, I mean, so many things can go wrong on a day yeah. like that. I had two plane tickets on the way over, one KLM, one EasyJet, uh, to make sure that if one of the two right. were to check the other one. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and on one map. So uh, I, I didn't need the second ticket, but well. Yeah. You did, you did well. So you, you've been over to Manchester a while still. Leone's been over to Costa Rica um, not, not That's so long ago. <laughs> so how, how was your time there? Because your training, I, I was looking at your training with Cutaneous um, in Amsterdam, and you've got a two-day training face-to-face -face for practitioners. They can do online training as well, I think. They can look at ultrasound training online, um, and, and they can spend their own time doing that. Um, but you were over in Costa Rica with other practitioners, um, including Lee Walker from the UK. I think he was with you as well. How, how was that for you? How was the training there over the last few weeks whilst you were there? It, it was actually great because we didn't have a lot of training opportunities because of COVID. So I think we stopped doing training for one and a half, almost two years. Yeah. Uh, because we have a lot of international people coming in and they don't want to go through the same hassle as Tom has to go through. So um, we skipped a lot of them. We will have one in October now, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, but um, no, when? Nicola, this October. When? I don't know. October. It's on the website. 
<laughs> it's on your website somewhere. But you must have enjoyed the, um, the other practitioners, the other, um, the other speakers you were working with. Um, yeah, it wasn't a normal course. This was really all, everything. This was Nicola Lowry, and she yeah. organized the whole thing, and she did a great job. Uh, yes. yes, she did. So she invited me, Lee Walker, Sebastian Cotofano was there, virtual, and Stella. Um, and I do some trainings with Stella, virtual, in Seattle. But I will go to November yeah. 17 and 18 oh, to do another course. <laughs> and, um, yeah, but it, but she had it well organized. It was very nice to have all these uh, other colleagues who were doing trainings as well. And the physicians attending were very enthusiastic. They were very mm -hmm. knowledgeable. They knew their anatomy. They were very keen to learn ultrasound. Yeah. And um, yes, yeah, so I think we had a great time. Yeah. So we gave two courses over there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any plans perhaps together to work together for training provision, maybe in Amsterdam or abroad? I think it's a great idea. You've got Leone specializing in ultrasound. You've got Tom specializing in dermal fillers. No, we could, we could. But the thing is, he is actually a little bit beyond the scope of ultrasound. Beyond for the scope? His, yeah. Well, no, you could see the dynamics actually. Well, that the thing is, nice. well, yes, that would be nice. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Actually, I actually organized yesterday's workshop to align your workshop that you can yeah. Um Yes. Because True. that's why I want to know when in October you're going to have your workshop. Because mm -hmm. if you fly in, yes. and, and most people do, it would be great for them to be yeah. able to do both yeah. workshops. We don't have to work together as yeah. in just sure that people have the ability to do both. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, people do ask that actually. But um, now Tom's, it would be nice to see what, it would be nice to see if you normally frown or you normally move your wrinkle and you treat it if you have less movement over time. Mm -hmm. That would be nice. But yeah. actually, you see Tom's work. We work with a 2022 megahertz uh, probe um, yeah. preferable because what we do, the normal treatments, you like to see the bone. Yeah. You want to see the periosteum, you want to see the whole surface from skin to bone. Yeah. So you don't want to have too much high frequency. And for what Tom is doing, you actually want to have a 30, 32, or even 70 uh, probe frequency because he is so superficial. Yeah, and you actually, yeah. We, did, we did try it at, at the course. I, I did the yeah. course, uh, obviously. Yeah. And we, do, we did try the probe you, on you my face. You are able to see it, yes. You are able to see the hyaluronic acid, yes. which is in my dermis. Yes. yes. Because of all the ferning. Yeah. And, um, and that was great to see that it's actually there where, yeah. where I hoped it would be. And he injected in the right plane. One of really? the things that I learned from yeah, what I learned from ultrasound is that some of my treatments were perfect, and some of my treatments I would rather not have another look at again. <laughs> um, because you are not always in the plane that you think you are. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. superficial. So he's always um, in a good layer. And looking at his skin, so we had a, a good look at his um, uh, hyaluronic acid filled. Um, Dermis, but it, it's really there, so it's really in the right layer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, amazing. amazing. I'll, I'll go on. You've got a website for training, right? It's ah. org. Yes, and the yeah. next course in uh, October is 8 and 9. Wow, October 8 yeah. and 9. Okay, I'll take 10. Yes. <laughs> That's a Sunday, right? Tom? Yes, Sunday. Yeah. So I think a lot of a lot of practitioners will be interested in perhaps coming over to Amsterdam and looking at both of your training and look at how they could integrate ultrasound with using you know, like a burn pattern technique, you know, looking at how each treatment can be tailored to individual patients and using ultrasound to minimize risk whilst they do that work. I just think it might be something you could think about perhaps together. Yes, I think um, that people think about using ultrasound mainly for vascular occlusions. Yeah. 
It works great. Um, you see what's happening. You can dissolve it very precisely and you see that your flow is restored. So that leaves you and the patient with a very good night's sleep. Um, but you also have a lot of complications we're not aware of. You have like late onset nodules, yeah. uh, all kinds of nodules. And I think nine out of 10, they're there because it was not injected in the right plane. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's what we learned from ultrasound, I think. Um, it's good. No, yeah. it's good. What, what about um, what about over the next year or so? What would you both be looking forward to? Do you have any plans for what you want to do over the next twelve months or so? Well, I have a heaps and heaps of workshops that are getting this postponed and postponed. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The same. Yeah. That, that it's 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 dreadful. We're looking at. I mean, I I need to be in Dallas uh, September 9th for aesthetic next and like if you look at this situation now the u.s is close and yeah. nobody knows when it will open and i have the rest of september filled with uh, workshops in the u.s and october in miami and yeah it's a dreadful situation that yeah. the rules take over reality at yeah. this point um I'm double vaccinated, and it's it's more dangerous for me to sit next to her than to fly to Dallas, right? And we doctors realize that, but <laughs> politicians don't. I think, um, I think you'll so both okay. Sorry. I think you'll both be okay for the time being. I think you'll both be all right. Oh yeah, are you? No. <laughs> but uh, no, it's difficult. I think it's been a difficult eighteen months um, with what's been going on. So I suppose it'll just probably be a case of moving, moving training sessions abroad. The, the organisers yeah. probably end up having to move quite a lot of things over the next six months. Um, in terms of in terms of your own knowledge and experience of working in aesthetics for, with both of you, what what advice would you give to practitioners in terms of education, training, their own practice, generally about life in general? What would you say to practitioners who are watching and they they They've been, they've been doing aesthetics maybe some number of years and they've followed yourself, you know, in the work that you do. What advice would you give them based on your own experience? Don't trust anyone. Ooh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you should ask him, can you explain that a little bit better? <laughs> You, you wouldn't say that, would you, Leonie? That wouldn't be what you would, uh, what advice you, would you give? Oh, it probably says something about yourself when you give advice. Now, really, life is short. Yeah. 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 So, and, and, and don't try to be happy all the time. Um, seriously, I have all these, okay, my son is 17 and he's struggling with life. You have all these young people. And I don't know how it is in your country, but in the Netherlands, Young people have to be happy. Do you yeah. know how difficult it is to be happy? Yeah. It's impossible. So no, you are sometimes happy, right? But oh, so if you like your job, I think the most lucky you can get in life is if you like your job. Yeah, yeah. I'm a very lucky person. And then secondly, I'm satisfied with what I'm doing. And every now and then I'm happy. But life is very, 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 very short. So yeah. uh, if you're then not able to trust somebody, uh, <laughs> no, you know, the thing is, the thing yeah. is, there are so many gurus in this business. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they all say something different, right? Yeah. So. The thing is, I think you need to be honest with what you do and what you see and be your own judge whether yeah. what you're doing is beautiful and good. Yeah. Um, and life is short. And, and life is short. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. So be, be your worst critic. I yeah. mean... And, and it doesn't stop when your patients are happy. 
Ah, okay. Now I get your point. That's uh, that's, that's that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I think you'll be. Yeah. You should be more critical than yeah. that. And, and Okay. What I also like to say: you're as good as your last treatment. Yeah. 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 No, good advice. I think um, there's a lot of people wondering, you know, should they always be doing things in a certain way? What should they do? What should they change? Do I think as long as you're happy and as long as you enjoy what you do, you don't have to be happy all the time, but as long as you enjoy what you do, I suppose that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. and keep learning. I think keep learning, especially keep learning. Yeah. I think yeah. if I look at the older people in the Netherlands who are still we still have a lot of fun with to talk with. They're people yeah. who get education, who keep yeah. their mind busy, who are open for new things. Yeah. Um, and I think that Tom and me, actually, we're doing this work for a long time. We were one of the first doing this in the Netherlands. Yeah. So it's very easy to get in your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. And keep doing what you keep doing the whole time. Uh, actually, the courses that we develop, we have an educational uh, developer from the Erasmus University, and she specialized in how to get those old physicians do something new. Right. <laughs> because they want old dog new tricks, teaching an old dog dog new tricks. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> so if you look at young physicians, they are insecure. Everything they do is new. Yeah. So they learn something new very easily. Yeah. And maybe it's the same for you, but you're so busy, you're so used to yeah. what you're doing, then you have to do something new. So that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, you should get yourself to that point and, and keep learning. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks very much for that. I think it's been great talking to you. I can't believe it's been almost like, it's still been over 50 minutes. I've been chatting away with both of you. What I've, what I've got, I've got a few questions just for a bit of fun. Tom has gone through this with me previously last December. And... All these questions are, Leonie, these are just short questions. All I need is a yes, no answer from you, if you can. Or um, would you rather do one thing or the other? So it's just, yeah, one, one or the other, yes or no. Simple questions. It's really just to make you think and just to get the best an answer from you quickly. So is that okay for both of you? Yes. Okay. First question. Both of you, would you sing karaoke together? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I won't ask you to sing now. I'll save that for another time. Okay, that's fair, fair enough. Um, Tom, would you rather live in the Netherlands or Ibiza? Oh, Netherlands. Netherlands. How yes. Was, how was your holiday in Ibiza? Oh, amazing. I, I love Ibiza and it's it's like... It's my favorite backyard, um, and it's a wonderful place to be and to relax and to eat and to have fun and to enjoy the weather. Yeah. Um, I was just a yes or no, right? Yeah, but he can oh, talk yeah. a bit more if he wants to. Yeah. I don't mind. <laughs> I'm not going to stop him. Sure you could let me talk. Yeah. <laughs> It's nice listening to both of you anyway. I'll go on to the next question. Leonie, would you like to write a book? No. No. Is it time consuming, too much time? If you're writing a book, I do some chapters from books. Yeah. And if you're writing chapters, you do that because something is already explained and it's already yeah. known. So you're... Yeah. We, you summarize the whole thing that you already have done. Yeah. 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 So I rather write a new article. Okay. No problem. Tom, Tom, have you ever fainted or have you been unconscious? Yes. Yes. <laughs> can you explain when or how that happened? Oh, let me, can I say something funny? Yeah. Whenever I get lidocaine, yeah. I get very funny my tongue is getting numb. I have like, I get like funny tingling and other kinds of things. Yeah. So I went to, we have a famous allergy, uh, allergy, allergy, somebody who's doing our allergy test. Oh, in yeah, yeah. And uh, I was not allergic for lidocaine. And he said, were you ever conscious? Did you ever lost your consciousness? And I said, yes. So I was driving in my car on yeah. a mountain road. Yeah. And I woke up upside down in the car, hanging with my head down. And I was, yes, I don't, still don't know what happened. Really? 
So I, I didn't wait a while. I walked home because I was living in France in that time. And that was it. So I still don't know what happened. But he said having those type of traumas yeah. makes you have these feelings with lidocaine. Really? Really? Amazing. I certainly didn't know that. I certainly oh, didn't realize right. that. Yeah. <laughs> and a, question for you, a question for you, Mignoni. Do you play a musical instrument? Do I play? Do you play music, musical instrument? This is a question I don't want to think about. I was, I'm a girl, right? So yeah. I wanted to play, how do you call that? The dwarfsflut? Yeah, the flute. The flute, the, 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 the yeah. dream. But yeah. my father loved the clarinet. Ah, okay. Uh, so what do you no, think I was playing? You were playing the clarinet. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's terrible. Yeah, my, dreams, my dreams were broken, yes. There's always time. There's always time to learn, as you said. There's no harm learning in the future. Exactly. <laughs> One more um, question. But it was definitely not my love. No. No problem. It's a shame that. One more question for you. In Amsterdam, you've got a chain of fast food locations called Feebo. Is that right, Feebo? Yeah. Would you rather eat in McDonald's or Feebo? Feebo. Feebo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so some of the people are all right. Like yeah. the, the the grill burgers is fine. Yeah. Uh, but the 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 chips are horrendous. Okay. Right. They're so bad. Okay. To be honest, I don't eat French fries from McDonald's. I don't eat them from Fibo. We eat them at the French fries fabric. There are number one French fries in Amsterdam. They're right. around. Away, yeah. five walk up Remember? the Remember? I've never. Yes, you were. I met you there. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my consciousness there. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought he'd have forgotten about time when he met you in uh, in a particular well, location. Uh, eating French fries, but you were sitting at the bar. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've got another quick question for you, Leone. Um, Clarius L20 HD ultrasound scanner or GE V-Scan Air? Which of the two? Both. <laughs> I didn't think you'd want to answer that straight easily. Both. Both scanners? I have both of them and I have the Lumify. Yeah, yeah. You enjoy using all of them? Yes. Okay, no problem. Tom, quick question. Have you ever been shocked that a colleague managed to graduate university when you were at university? Did somebody shock you by graduating? Yeah, I, we had that. Yeah? Yes. Yes, we had. Can I answer yeah. instead of yeah, Tom? Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We had somebody that was so horrible yeah so horrible um even to so i did pediatrics and he came in and this was yeah. a horrible situation because the child was dying the family was saying goodbye yeah. and he wanted to do dna testing so he went in put cut, cut had a scissor and just cut hair and left so that was the time of a, and he was so horrible that everybody let him pass because if he yeah. didn't pass he had to come back and he wanted to yeah. And then it turned out that before this study in medicine, he did a dental study, and they yeah. advised him halfway to pick another study where he shouldn't be with any human beings. So he decided to go into medicine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that was really, really. And now, actually, in the Netherlands, you cannot just apply for the study. You and it's not maybe because of him, but you you also have to show that you are able to communicate. I think yeah. that's something in the last years that we have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you you yeah. both communicated very well tonight, so I've got to thank you both for that. I can't believe an hour has passed already, so I think we're going to get kicked off Instagram, unfortunately. So I'm going to thank you both for a really enjoyable chat with me for this last hour. And I hope maybe we could do this again at some point, maybe look at other areas of practice. And over time, we could see how you both um, have carried on over this last 12 months. So in future,
Yeah. If you've got time at some point, maybe in the next year, I'll, I'd love to speak to both of you again, if that's okay with you. If you come, if you come to the Netherlands and you do yeah. our course together, yeah. we have virtual Instagram. Then we are not the two of us, but the three of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will come to see both of you at some point. Once this coronavirus problem is finished and once traveling is eased, I will make sure I come to visit both of you in Amsterdam. So thank you very much for that. Did you want to say hello to anyone or did you send, wanted to say anything to anybody? Use ultrasound. Just ultrasound. <laughs> Follow him. <laughs> follow him. No. Follow Tom. Follow um, Leone. Both fantastic practitioners. Actually, I really think that we're all lucky to be in this field of medicine, right? Yeah. 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 No, it's really, it's really nice to be able to speak to both of you. And it's uh, fantastic that you both managed to join together tonight to, to be on the line together. So thanks a lot for that. Um, I will catch up with you both at some point soon. And um, I'll just again just say thank you very much for joining me and I'll be able to post this video online. People can watch it in their own time and I'll put it up on as a podcast on Spotify and on um, a few different podcast channels. So thanks again for all your help tonight in talking to me and I hope you have a great night, Tom and Leonie. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye.